Halo, everybody. This is Sam Blum, the host of the podcast Calling All Halos. I'm joined alongside my good friend and co-host, Connor Grossman. Connor? Sam, this is a very, very special edition of the podcast. By the time our listeners hear this, it won't be your birthday anymore, but the day we are recording, it is your birthday, which is why I'm so excited we're doing a countdown of your favorite moments of this season. (laughs) That was funny. That was funny, yeah. Uh, All the good moments, I have so many to count from. 250, starting now. (laughs) Well, yeah, we'll we'll start with... My favorite must have been that pitch to Shanoel on Tuesday. It was a yeah. foul ball. Great pitch. Foul, but hey, what inning? Uh, oh, what inning? come on. Like you weren't even watching. It's the fourth inning. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're back from your honeymoon, which is why we had we're but on a we were on a, a slight hiatus of about three weeks, I believe. Um, Connor has had absolutely no idea what's happened with the Angels since that time. Now I'm gonna break some news to you. Uh yep. Carson Fulmer's on the Angels now. So mm. you've okay. learned something new about the team. Yeah. And not only is he on the team, and this is a great indicator of just where things are at. He pitched, he threw 70 pitches on Sunday because they just needed somebody. But after that, on Monday, he pitched again. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think this is what this team needed, right? Yeah, this is the shot in the arm they needed after, um, you know, what happened with Otani and um i mean where does he slot into the playoff rotation uh i don't know if you really count slotting in your ace i mean i don't know i good for carson getting back to the big leagues i think that's good for him it's exciting but it's just i feel bad when somebody has to throw an inning after throwing 70 the day before simply because there's just nobody else i mean they're just they're they're in such a disastrous situation and he you know he volunteered to pitch but i I still players it shouldn't matter for player volunteers to pitch they shouldn't be throwing the day after throwing 70 pitches um so, yeah, that yeah. seems to encapsulate their current situation pretty well. Yeah, it it does. It's like, I mean, Matt today's the twenty eighth of September. Matt Dice last played in a game on September thirteenth. He's on the active roster. Not really. He's like more of an emergency situation guy because they're just. I don't know if they would just don't want to put him on the IL because it would add to their payroll, or if it's, they just I don't I don't really understand. It makes I mean you have Trey Cabbage who's on your forty man roster in the minors. You could have, you know could have had him just like give him a couple more looks i i mean not that you know right i think trey cabbage is going to be your next like barry bonds but i you know you're saying they could be so up again like the luxury tax thing is coming down to the final dollars and cents that that could influence an il decision i think that's what yeah that's what you've probably missed the last few weeks is is moves like that that have appeared to be happening that are yeah just to like but I don't think I actually don't think at the end of the year they're going to be below the tax, which is kind of crazy when you consider all the things that they've done to get below it. I don't think they're going to get there. I mean, just there've been so many of these injuries. They've had to make certain roster moves, like Tyler mm-hmm. Anderson. They had to. They had to make a move. Aaron Loop, like he had to go on. Like when a veteran who's like got, he's basically being a, being a free agent next year, yeah. Like he doesn't care if they're under the luxury tax. So he's like, I'm on. I need to go on the IL, and so they put him there. So I think there are <laughs> things like that that are just you know. Uh, it's just it's just like i don't think they're gonna get below it but i don't know i mean they are they're gonna owe dominic like dominic leon pitched his 50th game of the season last night which now means the angels are like with the mariners well uh well yeah it was for the mariners but it was his 50th game of the season he pitched like 11 games for the angels and so their angels are gonna owe him a certain portion 
of like a bonus now 22 percent of his bonus something like that i don't know exactly what it's going to be but it's just like all these like little things are obviously adding up to them probably just not getting blowed i don't know for certain that's the case but i mean it's just it's just been we've talked about it so many times just the chaos of it all it's so perfect it's just another perfect disaster when you were describing that you know they might be that up against the luxury tax i'm like you know there's no way this is actually going to work out in their favor because in the year of our Lord 2023, nothing will work out in favor of the angels. So even if they're a dollar over, that's still something that has ramifications, I believe, just beyond this season. Yeah. Like the point is you stay under it and you're under it. But once you're over it, no matter how much, there are penalties to pay, you know, whatever they I mean, it's it can be extensive. And but, one thing uh, that's been brought up to me is like that players see this stuff, you know, and that I think people mm-hmm. who work for the angels are concerned that it's going to be at a premium to you know potentially get few free agents in the future because they don't want to be waived on august 30th for nothing mm, right like they yeah. don't you know I, I like without being told by the way like you know they don't want to you know I, I kind of have this chaotic season like matt moore you know who's gone from the guardians now to the marlins you may have missed that he's on the marlins now so like <laughs> it's like, good grid knowledge right there Thank yeah you. yeah exactly we're not even eligible for the postseason there if they make it so you know, it's like, I don't know if players like, are, they're also seeing the losing. They're seeing like, like, you know, Mike Trout get up there the other day and, and you know, just like, you know, not be able to definitively say that he believes in the future of this, of this organization, right? Like, and, and their ability to win. And I think people see that and it's like, who, what, who's going to gravitate toward coming here? I, I think that, you know, they might like certain aspects of the clubhouse culture potentially, or, you know, they might like playing in Southern California, but I just, at the end of the day, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't think this is a desired location for players at this point. No, totally. This The Angels are going to have to wear this season for a while, it feels like. The ramifications, the ripple effects, I feel like are going to be felt from years to come. Most Mostly because it seems inevitable that, you know, Shohei Otani is going to play elsewhere. So that is, um, you know, an immeasurable void that's going to have to be filled. But yet even here, the, you know, the non non-defiant answer from defiance the wrong word but just to hear the way trout was speaking about the angels we've talked about him and the way he talks about the team on our pod before but he's usually you know pretty gung-ho everything's fine even when it seems like everything's clearly not fine and it seemed like that it seemed like a departure from his typical tone when he spoke with you guys but you would know I think he would like be losing some credibility if he were to sit there and say like, yeah, everything's great. Right. Like, cause it's, I mean, it's not a situation where like you could even dress it up. I don't think, and I think that's where he's at and I'm sure he's frustrated. That's why he was like crying almost like he was obviously mm-hmm. frustrated. I don't know if it's like anger toward like the front office. I just think it's like the injury. I think it's like the losing. I think it's having to answer for that. It's just not a fun situation for him to be in. And Ken Rosenthal wrote a really good column today. Uh, or I guess whenever this post maybe you can say yesterday about Mike Trout and um, just kind of how he needs to take a stern tone with Artie Moreno when they have this conversation in the offseason. I mean, it's it's possible he does that annually, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever has been done, you know, it needs need to ramp it up. Like you need to, you need to, you know, to communicate that if, if things aren't done, like we're going to, I'm going to start speaking more publicly about it. I think that's the way he has to handle it because, the as ken mentioned like you know you have the he has the the voice and the credibility with angels fans where he if he called out moreno it, it would it would lay a serious blow i think oh, yeah. and uh that's 
he's in a difficult position. You know, he's hurt. It's hard to take a stand when you're hurt. It's hard to take a stand when you're, you know, not didn't play the same way that he's always played, but he's still Mike Trout. He's still under contract for seven more years. And um, yeah, it's uh, a seven more years. Yeah. Yeah. At a, at a very high price. So it's, you know, that's why I think it'd be hard to trade him in a lot of ways. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, he's not played like a superstar this year. Um, he's been hurt, been hurt for three years now, you know, mm-hmm. on and off. So it's, it's, that's, that's not a recipe there for a easy trade partner, any player. doesn't matter how good you've been in the past. Right. I mean, what I really want to ask, and I just know that you don't know because it seems nobody knows, like, would Mike Trout actually ask for a trade? Would the Angels even consider trading him? Maybe they would consider, but like, would they actually go all the way through with trading him? Would Trout go all the way through with requesting a trade? It's my, yeah. It just seems impossible that they found themselves in this situation, you know, this year. My gut tells me that like his re- he like declined to say if he would, you know, he said that he expects to be in an Angels uniform when spring training starts. But when we asked him like three different times, like, so are you definitely not going to request a trade? He did not mm-hmm. answer that. Mm. very notably did not answer that and okay. i thought that was interesting because i don't yeah. think he like wants to request a trade i think that that was his way of hedging against whatever that whatever coming out of that meeting possibly being something that would you know create an impetus for having to request it like if he mm. goes into that meeting yeah. and they say hey we're cutting payroll or hey we're not going to try and compete next year or you know hey like it's it's maybe we want you to request a trade mm-hmm. who knows i'm not saying those are all this is all just my speculation and my read of you know dynamics at play but it's not based on any real information it's just it's just a thought but i think that's probably why he was kind of holding back it's sure it's you know an uncertainty with how how that conversation is probably going to go and and uh you know the angels are at an inflection point with with a lot of different things and and whatever kind of comes out of that meeting will be interesting doubt we'll ever find out about it but right uh, you know it's it's if well, it's hard to it's hard to imagine already on the other end of that conversation being able to promise sweeping changes that don't involve you know a significant increase in payroll which he's you know thus far shown that he's unwilling to do so (laughs) it's hard to imagine uh, trout receiving a satisfactory explanation or answer or roadmap of what lies ahead that's going to lead the angels back to playoff contention quickly it it's just hard to it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine I don't, I mean, and, and the story that, you know, we ran today about just the lack of resources that go into everything, I think is indicative of just how Artie's operated. It's like, it, you know, he's, you know, you, you talk about payroll. I mean, I think payroll is the least of their issues. It, it, it is an issue. And especially when you're so desperate to get below the tax, like, I mean, I give them credit for being willing to go over it for a little bit, but I mean, you, if you're willing to go over it, it's just like, it, you can't be in, in desperation mode to get under. It, it has to be something you're, you're, you're. You're you okay with it. when you make that decision that you're going over. I think that, the, you know, unless there's an easy pathway to do it, I wouldn't make the moves that they've been making. It's just not, mm-hmm. it, it just, it, it looks, it, re- it reflects poorly on everybody, I think. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's business, it's baseball, but at the end of the day, I mean, there are things that they have to be considering on the other side of that in terms of how it looks and in terms of just like, you know, what, like, what is it that you're willing to spend? What is it that you're willing to kind of do? And and I, I don't know if the angels are really willing to go above the tax because, you know, if, if they, if they're doing all the things they're doing right now, does that say, does that say to you that they're going to do it again next year? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, this seemed like mm-hmm. a very unique situation, but again, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think there's so much that's unknown. Um, but uh, what is oh. known is that there are ways throughout the organization that the angels just not have not spent to the level that other teams do uh their their overall staff is just smaller across the board 
And I think it manifests itself in a lot of ways. And it's not just staff, it's resources, it's technology, it's, you know, it's amenities, it's just everything. What's kind of a, what's like the high level summary of what you wrote about where the angels are falling short? Like what, what kind of stuff? That's like, I think like that, what you can, hopefully what people get across from that article is that it's, you know, you see player development, you see alumni relations. I mean, they wouldn't pay for their one world series team uh, to travel to Anaheim last year for the reunion. Um, <laughs> so it's like you wouldn't do one world series. And that's, and that's like just a, you know, I'm not, even if the event was fine, it's like, that sucks. It just sucks. And I think that that's very indicative of a lot of things, but it's, you know, it's technology, mm-hmm. it's people, it's the, it's the overall staffing. It's, they don't have a pitching lab, mm-hmm. a hitting lab, like all these teams are building up this technology. You know, you don't, you don't yeah. see the angels going for that. Um, you know, I find it funny. They don't even have someone list. Uh, they don't even have someone that's located on the Pacific rim for their like scouting purposes, which is, which is crazy. I mean, they have Otani for six years. You see the value that you can get from a, yeah. a, a you know having scouts and having resources to you know that go into recruiting and signing good players you know in japan and and in the you know in asia and 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 that's like that's not something that's a priority for them it's just weird to me so i I don't really understand some of it and i think you know you see it um in a lot of different ways just pay people Yeah, I mean, well, just to that last point, I mean, Otani puts your organization on the map around the globe to not like double and triple and quadruple down on that and have just a presence around the globe to back up the visibility that Otani's given your organization. Like the Angels have never been more visible than they have been with Otani. It's just yeah. it's crazy to think that they would not capitalize on that. One of the quotes from somebody who was who worked both in the, on the major league staff and the minor league staff was was interesting to me. Where he was like, you know, he he called them a small market team. Then he stopped for a second and was like, well, you know, they're not actually a small market team, but they just operate like one. And I think that's very like yeah. that is the 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 way that I look at this this Angels organization. They they are trying to be a a big market. They're trying to pretend to be a big market team in a lot of ways and doing certain things that that present the guise of big market but when you really scrape below the surface even an inch it's not that and that's uh we've talked about that it's i think and hopefully the story today where it kind of illustrates it a little more clearly um yeah yeah it's uh it's just like they're coming to the end of a terrible season and i think you know one of the things that i think we need to kind of address is what's what's the future for for perry and for phil because mm-hmm. um i mean i'm uh, they've not been guaranteed anything as far as i'm aware for, right. I mean, both of their uh, both of their contracts are expiring. Is that no? Correct? No, the front office, no. uh, I mean, Perry is 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 going through the uh, through the end of next year, and Phil's contracts up. But that mm-hmm. that presents its own interesting dynamic, wherein you know, if you were to not bring back Nevin, then uh, it's a, kind of a tough situation for a GM to hire a manager with a one year contract because that any manager is going to be like, well, like if you're out next mm-hmm. year, that's not going to bode well for me. So, right. you know, it's it's the same reason why they kind of kept Phil on last year, I think, was because of the ownership situation and and not wanting to put a, a manager in a situation where they would only kind of be there for a single season. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be a situation where one goes, the other doesn't, both go, both stay. I think it'd be pretty surprising if Nevin stays and Perry goes. I think that's like the one the one <laughs> scenario I don't see happening. Yeah, um, but I don't know. What do you think from an outsider's perspective? Should they come back? Because I mean, I have my own biases, my own thoughts, and everything. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm curious what you, as someone that doesn't really know, 
these guys and doesn't really, you know, answer to anyone. Yeah. Talk well, to. I mean, I feel like I'm just knee deep in a very similar discourse following the Giants where Farhan Zaidi, the Giants head of baseball operations, is similarly under the microscope. And uh, his managerial partner, Gabe Kapler, I mean, they're basically viewed as inseparable. And when the Red Sox cut ties with Haim Bloom recently, uh, you know, the way Haim operated the Red Sox appears very similar, at least on the surface, to how Farhan has, you know, operated the Giants and the results or lack thereof have been very similar. And so I think it's really, it's easy as a fan to have the knee-jerk response of, the team didn't do well. Whoever's responsible for this should pay the price. So it's easy to arrive to the conclusion that change is needed. And especially with the Angels, it's really, really easy to arrive to the conclusion that change is needed. I feel like as a fan, you also have to take a step back and be like, all right, if change is needed, like who is out there that would be doing a better job? And maybe that's not up to the fans to think about this. But if you're Artie Moreno, it's like, okay, if I'm going to cut ties, with Perry, and I feel like that's where you have to start. You start at the top. Phil's boss, Perry. Okay, are we going to cut ties with him? If we are, who's out there that's going to be significantly better or just better in general? And also, if you're a fan, if you're rooting for these people to lose their jobs, you're also kind of, along with that, you have to accept that the organization is going to take an even further step back for two to three, even four years as the new regime gets a fair chance to kind of reset. Um, so all of that being said, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, I don't – Otani probably not returning. Like that has nothing to do with who the GM of the Angels is. The Trout situation does seem to be maybe a little bit more in Perry's hands where maybe he could steer that one way or the other, even though, again, we were just talking a moment ago about how – you know, Trout's going to have this conversation with Artie. I mean, maybe Perry's a part of that, but really it sounds like a situation where Perry sits there and nods while Artie speaks. Um, yeah, if he's like still working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think like, I think two things can be true. Like, I think that it's, that Artie Miranda does not put any, anybody who's worked for him in a good position to succeed pretty much ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you look at that, I think that stays true for Perry. I mean, I just have a, such a hard time of assessing whether or not he's a good general manager, because at the end of the day, I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at a farm system. That's not good. Yeah. And I'm looking at a major league roster. That's not good. And he said, he's been here for three years. And I think that's probably the minimum that you should give a general manager um, to, to build something. So yeah. that's the minimum side of it. So I, he, you know, I think, would it be justified to give him another year? Yeah, I do think that's, that's fair. Cause I also just, you know, I mean, how does he, you know, how would he have handled the, the trade deadline if it was totally up to him? If it was totally, you take Artie out of the situation, is he, mm -hmm. is he really sending everyone else out? And is he really like, is he not going to try and build up the farm? I mean, you need, you need good players. Like you need a wealth mm -hmm. of good players. And like the, the trade deadline is a great opportunity to do that. And and his mm -hmm. mandate was not to do it. So I have a hard time of assessing like, like if, if this is really in Perry's hands, is he doing it the same way? And if he's not, then maybe there's a much different. They might even have a better record if they started selling at the deadline. For all I know, because they're so they're about to lose ninety games. Like oh, it's, it's it's hard to imagine they could be worse. Yeah, they could know? not be worse. And so I think like okay, would you you could have put yourself in a position to once save all this humiliation with the waivers, you know, possibly put together a good farm system that where at the end of the season, if Otani's really like looking at futures and stuff like that, he could have possibly you know seen something here. Um, 
and you know it's and then you also save on the payroll and you would have put yourself in a good position to spend even more moving forward and you know, maybe you could have offloaded other contracts that you didn't like you know as part of the mm-hmm. trade deadline so there's just so many missed opportunities um that you know i think for most teams you would say man the gm really screwed that one up but yeah. i don't know if it's if perry did i really don't um but right like, I mean, I feel like if we're the ones sitting here making the decision, it's easy to arrive to the conclusion that Artie just undercut Perry time after time after time again. So Perry deserves another chance, but it's really I Artie's already blaming him for all of it, too. I can totally see him. Right. Being, OK, so you're telling us we're we're above the tax. We got 90 losses mm-hmm. and like our farm system is 30th in baseball. Go like and I could and honestly, like under yeah. pretty much anybody else, any other circumstance, I would say, yeah, they totally should go. Mm-hmm. Perry's is such a unique situation. It's it's really hard to assess that. Um, yeah. made, made some good moves. You look at the individual moves that are totally his decision. Made some decent ones. Like I think the best one probably is trading Moniac, uh, and giving mm-hmm. up money and, and like you know having the Phillies take on Syndergaard and the remainder of his contract. That was a good deal. Um, you know I think yeah. then you look at some of the bad ones. You look at like Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera. You know those are bad ones. Uh, Tyler Anderson. Has that panned out? No, no, it hasn't. Um. So there's some good, there's some bad. I think that it's, you know, on an individual basis, you know, you, you, you know, you can, you could compliment him for the draft, the first round draft picks that have turned out really well. And then you could probably ding him for being super aggressive on certain players that probably shouldn't have been super aggressive. He shouldn't have been as aggressive with. So it's a, uh, it's, it's 50, 50 in my book, but uh, yeah. you know, if it were me, if I was the, if I was the owner, I'd probably, I'd probably give him another year. Uh, right. Just because I think it's, it's, it's super hard to, to to tell him like you know you need to do all these things the deadline and then blame him when the decisions that you kind of made backfire in your face but i you know i I knowing already that's he's he's probably not he's probably not gonna like look at it in this nuanced perspective that we are so we'll see how it all plays out as right i don't well i wanted to say i wanted to jump in and just add one more thing about perry because i feel similarly that after thinking about it in my gut i feel like i am pro giving him another year that being said, assuming Otani leaves and who knows about Trout, like it's impossible to believe that the Angels will be in a much better spot a year from now when his contract is expiring. So if you're just delaying the inevitable about canning him, then might as well just rip the bandit and get it over with now. You know, it's just hard to believe we'll be sitting here a year from now thinking like, oh, the Angels are in a much better spot. Maybe they will be, but it just seems hard to believe because they'll in all likelihood just be a less talented team and the record could be the same but i mean maybe the farm system takes a step forward but how many fans really care about that yeah i don't know i mean i, I agree with you like i mean i who knows baseball's a weird sport sometimes teams overperform sometimes they underperform yeah. you know they're gonna have some open they're gonna have some money right to spend a little bit you know that if especially if otani doesn't come back so i mean in theory like if you're gonna willing if you're willing to go back to a similar payroll that you're at this year they'll have some flexibility to make some moves it's just like I just don't know if there's, right. <laughs> I agree with you though. Like they're not, they're not like, I can't, I'm never going to predict the angels to make the playoffs again until they do. So I've told you that. I think I've said that here before, <laughs> never going to do it again. And right. Um, so you're right. I think they're probably going to be in a similar position next year. And um, until right. they, but I guess, I guess expectations will be lower and therefore easier to exceed. And then, you know, maybe that perception allows Perry to, you know, snag another couple of years on his deal. Who the heck knows? But again, if you give him another year, it just seems hard to believe the final record of the 2024 team will be any better than the 2023 team. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very well said. Um, as it relates to the manager, 
I I really I feel strongly that they should give they should give Phil another chance. Um, uh, I I think if you were to fire him and if he if he's the one who's gone and not the front office and you're scapegoating the manager on this season, that is like it is like a malpractice in my opinion. And I know yeah. Phil gets a lot of flack from the fans, but like I actually really think he's done us just a, a good job. I mean, he's kept the locker room and like you know how many times how many places we've kind of looked around and and it does not felt like you know you look at the Mets, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Padres, some of these teams that you're reading about it and it's like it doesn't feel like this whole team was kind of on the same page. And maybe the angels weren't at all times. And maybe, you know, there's something between the front office and the coaching staff that aren't always aligned. And I think that's the, the, you know, what the feedback you hear whenever a team kind of fails a little bit, like the way the angels have, but they've not like, this team is not like, uh, you know, I think gone to war with each other. I don't think there's, you know, people, you know, shit talking each other behind you, behind everyone's back. Like, I think that, it put together, you know, a good room. Um, I think Phil's, you know, he's someone that that every player can relate to in a lot of ways because he's kind of gone through the gamut of every major league experience that a player can have. I think he's got, you know, empathy with players. I think he's he's got uh, ability to go hard on them. It's it's like a good mixture. So from my perspective, um, I think I think you they actually kind of found a really good one. So that's the way I look at it. Um, now yep. the record is what the record is. And sometimes, you know, you pay for your record uh, and that's totally a part of the game. And if he were to be let go, I would, um, I would not be surprised in any, in any way, shape or form. Um, but it's, uh, it's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I'm inclined to think that Nevin is a good manager for this place and time and like where this angels team is at, which is caught somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, maybe if you were going through a full rebuild with entirely, you know, prospects out there, which, you know, at times, I guess it probably felt like the Angels were doing that. But if in theory, the Angels just said, like, we're not having any expensive players, we're going full youth movement for the next three to five years, then maybe you look to take a chance on somebody younger or go a different route or just invest in a new manager for your new era of the angels. Yeah. Similarly, if you were, you know, a team that was built to win now 90 plus wins, and it just seemed like a playoff team right off the bat. then also maybe you consider someone who's been there, done that, which I guess is what they tried to do with Joe Madden. And that didn't work out. But um, I, th- I think Nevin just works for this team right now because the angels, I feel like they don't really know what their identity is. I don't. I don't even know if like baseball fans or Angels fans know what the identity no. of the Angels is. Like Nevin just works because, you know, he's not the problem. No, I agree. That's just like that's 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 where I land on this. It's like, yeah, they're not. They've had a horrible year, and and you know certainly managers get blamed for things, and maybe he should get some blame. Honestly, like I mean, there was a game against the Mariners like a week ago, a week or so ago, like where he walked. Uh, Julio intentionally with the runner at first, like the tying runner at first, and like put the tying run in scoring position, and then like they like allowed several runs that inning and lost. And I'm like, <laughs> Phil, like that's a, my in my heart. I'm like, what what is that? Like that's not a good move. Mm-hmm. But those kind of moves, I think, are fewer and far between. And 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 you know, I, I haven't necessarily sat here throughout the season and thought, what is he doing? Like that many times. I mean, that happens, right? Like you're not going to agree on the way things go every time. Um, but. I, I just I, lo- I look at the most important thing for a manager is is like just kind of keeping the room and keeping keeping things good and even and and solid over 162 games and man I think that's happened I do it's you know yeah. you know you lose games um and it looks horrible but uh mm-hmm. 
it's you know man and i also think like he just gives a crap right like i think that and that's not always the case like i think we've kind of yeah. seen situations where managers don't always give a crap and and this this every win and loss beats him up like i think in a very significant way so uh if we're up to me i would bring i bring them both back I, i'd probably have a you know it's i have a slightly different perspective on on blame i think that you know you could probably put more of this on perry than you'd put on phil but it's mm-hmm. uh it, it's still a not um you know i wouldn't i, I just don't I, I never come back to it being anyone's fault who who works for Artie moreno i think until he sells the team which you know every angels fan thinks was the right idea and 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 you know certainly would um would change things uh until he does that i think you're going to be kind of in this cycle of just trying to figure out how much all the people that work for him are good or not and and it's never really going to be clear <laughs> right exactly and going back to you know the Perry situation, whether it's him or anyone else, it's just hard to believe that you're going to get a bona fide baseball executive to sign up to work under Artie Moreno. Yeah, really, because you will, you will always be working under Artie Moreno. Yeah, you that's will a take really your marching point. orders from him. So it almost seems impossible to think you're going to get a seasoned, proven baseball exec like the Mets just got with David Stearns. Well, of course, Ooh, and, are they going to pay the? Are they going to pay that GM the same that they're going to pay someone? Oh like, well, yeah, that. I mean, I and, and then the other thing yeah. is like, I'm like, look at all, look at who the, the GMs have been. They've been first year GMs, right? Like you got Tapoto, mm-hmm. Epler, obviously Perry is is all these guys are first year GMs, and so that's why you know that's the that's the market you're in, and I think that's who you would have to get because right, are you going to hire a Dave Dombrowski to come and be like, you know, no, nobody wants to get get like the Arctic treatment. Nobody wants that. And 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 nope. people want to have the resources. People want to have the autonomy. People want to have all the things that he doesn't give them. So, right. I mean, it's actually really interesting you bring up Depoto and Epler because I mean, who's to say that you know Artie doesn't cut ties with Perry and then three years from now? I mean, Perry could be the GM of the Giants three years from now, given you know brother is like more... one of the highest higher ups there. I mean, it's... right? Exactly. Like that's not even that crazy of a prediction with a much more stable and normal ownership ownership situation with a higher payroll and a better farm system. And he could, in theory, perform a lot better because the hand he would have been dealt is also a lot better. So, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to hear for Angels fans that, you know, your organization is just a proving ground for, you know, baseball executives who are going to get tormented by the owner, get fired, and then, you know, survive and thrive elsewhere. Yeah. It's it's really a hard place to think for. I mean, that's the other thing, and I think they're going to have to consider it. Is you know, if you were to if you were to let go of the front office, then all of a sudden you need to replace them with. Uh, you need to start over because the front office. Yeah. It's like it, the, the like the Angels do not have like a president of baseball operations, right? Like they have. It's Artie they have, Moreno. They have Perry, right, and then John Carpino, basically. You know, and those guys kind of probably influence the GM as much as anyone, but. When it when you have a GM, I mean, th- this person is not just the guy who makes the moves. Like they, they install the entire, you know, operation. They're the ones who are are figuring out, you know, what departments do you need, what departments do you not need, which people are you trying to hire. It's it's everything, right? Like so, there's so much that goes into it. And when you when you hire a new GM, you're starting that process over. And so they, I think, what Artie really needs to do is he needs to assess whether or not he feels like the infrastructure is is capable of putting together a winning team now that infrastructure is completely dependent on the budget that he assigns and obviously it's not been right. enough but right. um yeah i uh i don't know i don't know if, if if all the people that are in place are the right people or not because right now we've seen losing and losing is not a good sign for uh for 
you know, believing that mm-hmm. things are going to get better soon because it's been three years of pretty much identical records. If um, I had to ask you what you think Artie's going to do, would you just say flip a coin? Are you leaning 51, 49, one direction about, you know, keeping or moving on? I'd be somewhat surprised if Phil's the manager next year just because. Um, it's an easy way out. I think, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for scapegoats, I think I think that's, you know, where you might start. Um Harry's really a coin flip in my head. I just, I don't know because I think he might, he might sit here and, and blame Perry or he might sit here and think we need continuity. And like, I like some of the moves that he made. And, you know, as of like the beginning of the season, he was pretty happy with the job Perry was doing. So, you know, is it, has that much changed? I know it's been a trying year, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Perry's generally well-liked. So it's, you know, if people are in, in Artie's ear telling him that he should stay, that could, that could influence them positively, but yeah, I'll put I'll put Perry at a coin flip and I'll put Nevin at a, a slightly less that le- less than a coin flip simply because I think that, you know, there's gonna have to be some changes. And if you're looking yeah. for some changes, I think you start with a manager, fair or not. And in my mind, that would not be fair, but that's uh that's just what I think will, you know, potentially will happen. Is there any read on when we will know? Is it the type of thing no. where they always no. Okay. No It'll I mean, usually a... you know these things by the yeah, probably I'm guessing if they're coming back, you might you might hear something on Saturday or Sunday early. But if not, so uh, you think before the end of the season something would be said, or it'll be like you know, like that's what happened last year. Phil was Phil was signed an extension on like the day before the season ended. Okay. Um, so I think yeah, if he gets to the end of the year and nothing's haven't heard anything, that might not be bode well. But I, I, it's like I don't know. I mean, the front office has the year on their contract, so there's gonna have to be some announcement about Phil, regardless whether they've extended him or they've not. Um, Perry, they don't really have to announce anything because he's under contract and it would be yeah. scary. And like, unless he's getting cans, then he's the main right. GM. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm guessing, you know, Sunday, Monday, I mean, Perry will address the media on Monday if he's the GM. So that's uh, <laughs> that's the plan. And, you know, we're about, well, 72 hours from there. So we'll find out. <laughs> uh, nothing is ever normal with them. I mean, it just wouldn't be impossible to believe Perry addressing the media on behalf of the Angels, despite not officially being an Angels employee because his contract expired. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I actually brought that up to like PR. I was like, you know, it's like, does already know that like Perry does this at the end of the year? Like, is is like, because I, I don't want to situate, I don't think it's fair for anyone if he gets up in front of the media and then like they, that afternoon, like something happens. So I just, just yeah. like, does he know that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, that would be very Angels. <laughs> it, it would be very Angels. Are we ever going to hear from Shohei Otani's stunt double? When is that press conference? I don't know when we're ever going to hear from him or stunt double or, um, <laughs> or anybody. I mean, it's, it's, um, I just, I don't know what the, what the situation is going to be with Otani. I mean, he's, this is the other funny thing. I mean, they said he'd be here this week and then it's, yeah. you know, the whole series against the Rangers, he's not been here. So <laughs> there, but then I was like, I said to actually asked Phil yesterday, I said like, I know you were expecting him to be here this week. Can you say definitively that he's going to be there this weekend? Because they're having like this little like thing, you know, is at team MVP award presentations on Saturday. So I'm guessing that's when he'll be here because Perry, uh, Phil was like, you know, I've talked to Ipe and Ipe said he's going to be here. So it's a little different than the whole like he's going to be here at during the like for the last homestand, which has not been the case so far. But as long as he shows up, I think everyone will be all right. If he does not show yeah. up. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> that that will be. I think he'll be. An I think he will. Yeah, I think right. He will. But at the end of the day, I mean, I didn't think he cleared his locker in the middle of a game and leave the stadium and all that. So, uh, you know, just 
Is the expectation that he'll be presenting the team MVP award to uh, Gio Urshela or I know I think it was actually going to be uh, Jose Marte, former Marte? former Giants farmhand, Jose Marte. Okay. Okay. I'll be curious to see how that balloting shakes yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it would only be right. Right. Or, or Kevin is... Padlow. Yeah. That's a good, can you, who's the most, I was doing this, uh, I was got a conversation because I was playing like a Sporkle game yesterday, yeah. which is name all 66 players that have appeared on the Angels active roster this year, which is, <laughs> again, for the second straight year, they tied, well, they've created a record last year. They tied it this year with 66 players, which obliterates, I believe, what any other team in Major League Baseball has this season. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to try to Did you get all of them. I got like 57. (laughs) So hard. You forget. I forgot Kevin Padla. Sorry. Sue me. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and name the most random angel of the season. Okay. And then how about you open up base because you're going to need a baseball reference for this. Okay. And you can name your most random angel of the season. All right. But I'll, I'll go on and start telling you why and and why I think it is. Well, you get some time to figure this one out. Thank you. I'm going to say Chris Oakey. Chris Oakey, if you don't remember, was the um, catcher who came up when the Angels were like, just had no catch. They like lost two catchers. They like, like, uh, then like Chad Wallach was on the concussion list. And Logan Hoppy was hurt, obviously. And like, um, who else? Max Dassey's been, you know, he's out the whole season. So they were just like, this guy, Chris Oakey, who didn't even was not even with any team in spring training as far as I'm aware he signed with the Angels at the end of spring he had played like two games with the Reds last year he gets called up in this great moment where they're like okay you're catching Shohei Otani tonight who by the way throws like eight different pitches and they had him catch him and it went as you might expect there were some pass balls wild pitches and I think he struck out three times or two times or whatever that night and uh yeah that was Chris Oakey maybe played one more game came in late like two days later, but that was his uh, tenure with the Angels this year, and he played in two games, and and that was it. Most random Angel of the 2023 season. What say you, Connor? <laughs> Thank you for vamping, Sam. I appreciate it. Um, well, my initial answer, I don't think I can use because I was going to pick the only Angels player to appear in one single game for them this year, but it's not even really a fair answer, which would be... Uh, Hopefully, I don't butcher this. Kelvin Caceres. He he pitched for the first time last night. I I know. (laughs) That's why I looked at his game log. Okay. I was hoping it would be some one-off game, like a blowout in June. But uh, no, he pitched yesterday. He faced two batters, got one out, walked the other through 15 pitches. You've Uh, got a great former Giant on there that I think you should use. You've got two great former Giants that I think you should use. Reyes Moronta. Reyes Moronta. (laughs) And then also my favorite, Kevin Padlow. Yeah, yeah, I think Reyes is up there. I did uh, stumble upon uh, Austin Warren, who appeared in back-to-back games. He did. The he only Tommy two Johnson. games. Tommy Johnson. Right, yeah, I saw he, that. He had he had a good, you know, he was with the team at 21 and pitched pretty well. So I, I wouldn't put okay. him as the most random, but he did have a random assortment of playing just two games. It really just seems like rotten luck to appear in two games, back-to-back days, against the Royals. One loss, one win. Um Inning in two thirds and man did okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with uh, Moronta. Final answer. Um, although Dominic Leone, another former Giant that was an Angel, now a Mariner, now he's, you know, <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that the Angels would be responsible for twenty two percent of his fifty game bonus 
and that could have real implications <laughs> on the future of the French. I mean, that is impossible that any team could put themselves in that situation. We, we that would be damaging. Component. We don't have a video component, but you could imagine me doing the chef's kiss. That is, <laughs> that is it. That is Angels baseball. Is Dominic Leone getting his 50-game bonus and the Angels literally paying the price for it? Yes. Well, that was a, that's a good way to wrap things up. We got Reyes Moranta. We got Chris Oakey. And we got just a wild 2023 Halo season. We'll 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 circle back next week with um assuming Connor's not on like honeymoon number two or three or whatever. We'll circle back <laughs> with a with a post, you know, once they've made all these decisions that we've talked about today, you know, we'll we'll break it down here on calling all halos. But in the we'll meantime, break down all of the Angels playoff games this yeah. October. Oh, well, well, it's a playoff preview for you know <laughs> for every other team that the Angels will be watching. Um <laughs> Rendering That's the fever. Decade, decade anniversary of their last playoff game will happen next year. Um, wow. but yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening. Please, uh, you know, please go subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a nice note if you are so inclined, and um, rate us five stars if you believe that's what we deserve. And hopefully, you tune back in again next week. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks everyone, and have a great, uh, great rest of your September. <laughs> <laughs>